You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, uh, the Stanley Cup has been won, but this is a big week coming up for the NHL with a two-day draft and then free agency uh, a couple of days after that. So uh, it's a weird, it's the, the, the weird time still continues, but uh, it's never too late to uh, get excited about the draft and free agency and all that fun stuff, off-season stuff. Yeah, I would say that um, this this episode or this part of the you know the hockey calendar uh, is is probably my favorite outside of right the, like the night before opening night, just because you you the cup's been awarded, so like the the pain of the Islanders either be, being eliminated or or having a bad season's kind of worn off, and now you start thinking about what's what's to come, and and you start to be armchair. We all do it, like a little armchair GMing or just, just wondering, you know, what the roster is going to look like. Uh, it's obviously the, the this, this off season more than anyone outside of maybe the one right after the 2004 five lockout um, is, is probably has more question marks than, than we've ever seen or dealt with. So uh, it's, it's fun. It's just fun to think about it. Even, even with the Islanders being in a, in a cap uh, in a cap crunch, it's fun to, be like oh well they obviously have to figure it out so um them figuring it out is going to lead to some change and and in sports change is fun uh a lot of times the and it all starts usually you know the canadian media loves to you know freak out about the draft so some sometimes there are some big deals thrown around at the draft but sometimes it's a dud so 
Um, yes, Tuesday, I guess what you said Tuesday is uh, is kind of the start of what could be a, a really uh, kind of uh, an exciting week for the Islanders and Lou. And, and it's uh, it's just one that I've been looking forward to basically since honestly, since before the, the tournament, because I wasn't expecting the Islanders to go on the run. They did. I was just kind of looking like, oh, you know, at least, you know, this puts us on a calendar and, and the offseason will be interesting. And here we are. Uh, and, and it definitely is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think we didn't know when this portion of the the schedule was going to start, but now we know. Obviously, the Stanley Cup is won. Congratulations to the Lightning! And right right away, we're back into you know we're into off season mode. Um, yeah, the so we're recording this on Sunday night. The first round of the draft is Tuesday, beginning at seven o'clock. Uh, I believe it's on NBCSN, so you can check that out there. Um, that leaves, uh, you know, Monday and then most of the day on Tuesday for everything we say now to be completely blown apart, uh, by, you know, various teams around the league. Uh, but yeah, round one is Tuesday and then round two through whatever is on uh, Wednesday, starting at 1130 in the morning. Uh, apparently it's on NHL network. If you're like me and you don't have an NHL network, maybe it's on Sportsnet or something. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, there's definitely going to be change. Uh, I would be very, very surprised if the Islanders roster isn't appreciably different going into, you know, a, a week from now, I should say. Um, we talked about, you know, you mentioned RFAs that are coming up. We'll talk a lot about them in a little bit. Uh, p- possibly or probably, I should say, necessitating somebody's going to have to go. Uh, could be somebody we like, could be somebody we don't like. Um, but yeah, they, they have some considerations there. But they're definitely going to have a bunch of new draft picks. Now, um, the Islanders don't have a pick in the first two rounds. Uh, the first rounder went in the um, uh, JG Pajot trade, and then the second rounder went in the Andy Green trade. Both of those guys uh, were instrumental in that run you just talked about, so I don't think, know if anybody's necessarily bothered by it. The uh, I guess the pick for Pajot ended up being, what, like 28th or 29th overall, so... I mean, if the Senators get a good player with that pick, hey, God bless, you know, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty rare. But uh, the second rounder, yeah, went as well. And so um, the Islanders won't have a pick until, you know, probably sometime around noon or 1230 on uh, Wednesday, if you're tuning in. Now, could they make a trade and get a, back into one of those two rounds? Sure. If anything's possible, I guess, you know, we'll never forget the day that Gart Snow went into a draft with no first round picks and came out with Matt Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, so anything is definitely possible, but uh, looks like it could be pretty quiet, but in any event, the Islanders do have five picks and they're, they're going to use them on five guys, I'm sure. And as we saw last year in Lou Lamorello's first draft with the Islanders, they're not afraid to go off the board, go to, go to Europe, go out to the West coast. And uh, it could be anybody. There's no point in talking about who's going to get, who they could possibly take because I mean, it's impossible to know who's going to be available in third round. But uh, if you're looking at some of the big names and I have Bob McKenzie's thing up here, the biggest one being Alexis Lafreniere. If you don't already sick of hearing this guy's name, you will be shortly after he and the Rangers, I'm sure, you know, make their marriage official. Um, but guys like Quinton Byfield, Tim Stultze, um, who was it? A guy, uh, Jake Sanderson, who, if you're old, like me, will remember uh, his father, Jeff Sanderson, the great Hartford Whalers, uh, forward um you know these are guys jamie drysdale is the big defenseman you know these are the guys whose names you're going to hear um none of them are going to become islanders so uh put those guys out of your head now but uh you never know maybe maybe somebody ends up being a, a pretty good pick you know uh, some of the guys who again helped the islanders on their run were pretty late picks and obviously uh some of the guys who helped the lightning win the cup just now were pretty late picks too so it should be pretty exciting uh even though the islanders aren't going to make a pick for quite some time you know just kind of puts a damper on it 
Yeah, the the, the players who that you're if you're watching the draft um on Tuesday, the first round of the draft, as an Islander fan, you're watching with Islander eyes. You're watching it with uh with eye on the on a trade or something, and there have been some rumblings. Uh, so I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about those in a little bit, but the 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 draft that this reminds me of the most uh, was back in, I guess, 2007 when the Islanders, was it Mark Caddick, they drafted, I think, in the third oh, round. And, <laughs> There's a name we haven't heard in a yeah, long time. Yeah, I think he only played one or two games, but the Islanders, uh, that's when, you know, Garth Snow went for broke and traded everything for Ryan Smith. And uh, it was, and I think they traded a second round, their second round pick for Richard Zednick. So it was just, that was, it, it reminds me of that like, a, a, a year after, or draft after the Islanders kind of just gave up, uh, sacrificed uh, their their draft capital for for two two players who one of whom was a big part and the other you know disappeared for literally quite literally disappeared and then when the Islanders made the their run to the playoffs I was like oh no 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 um um I'll play you know I I wasn't too into it back uh, when the Islanders were sucking but uh, you know Zendik did come back but um. Yeah, that's the one it reminds me of. I I, I do think that there's going to be something Islanders related in at the draft, whether it's a um, I think it, 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 a trade probably, whether it's big or not. Um, I just think it just makes sense because that is a um, it's going to be a hive of of general manager activity, and and we will be other teams. We'll talk a lot a lot a lot in this episode about how the media likes to remind everybody about you know teams in search in cap situations like general managers are ignorant to that and they're not like you don't think that steve eiserman knows that the islanders need to shed some money to sign matt barzell of course he does Uh, i'm sure he's calling lou every day um to to try to take advantage of that so i I just think that's that's kind of fun it's a fun way to watch the draft too because you don't have to listen to you know the islanders draft simon holmstrom and everyone be like who's that guy you know he, he wasn't on our board we had him going, you know, in the second round. So it's it's nice to just uh, to be able to watch the draft with without any having to hear any of that chatter. So uh, that's that's my 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 guess is that you know I one of these um, contracts is is off the books uh, by the end of the first round. Uh, my my guess is that it'll be uh, John. Uh, I'll just get. I mean, I have no idea, but I'll guess Thomas Hickey actually. Yeah, Hickey's a good guess. I mean, I would think Letty Boychuk and obviously. Lad at the top of the list there. Um, actually, that that reminds me a good point. Um, this this year's draft, for obvious reasons, is being held virtually. It was going to be in Montreal, um, but now they're doing it virtually. So you're not going to see any of the. Uh, one of my favorite things <laughs> about the draft is if you're on Twitter, you hear you always see these tweets like, uh, you know, GMX and GMY seen off to the side talking. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, it could mean anything, and everybody always assumes that there's a trade, and then kind of catches like wildfire. Meanwhile, those guys could be talking about, you know, wedding they were both at this summer, or you know, what guy, what boat the guy just bought. Like, who knows? Something. The stupid. picture, the grainy pictures coming from the press box. Yeah, to go yeah, along exactly. with it, like, yeah. you can't really see this, but it's Brian Burke over there at the. Uh, right. He's at the Dallas Stars table, and right that 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 one ball dot is Jim Rutherford, and that other <laughs> ball dot is Lou Lamorello. Okay, well, great. That's that's very helpful. I mean, these guys have only known each other for forty years. I'm sure they have some stuff to talk about, but um, yeah. So that that's point one, and and I I have no doubt you're right that there will be a lot of crosstalk. It's gonna, I guess be in in Zoom chat. I don't know how this is going to work, or probably just phones. I guess this guys probably tethered to their phones anyway. Um, but another thing, I'm a dope by the way. This is actually Lou's third draft with the Islanders. Uh, the first year they took oh, right, um, 
Noah Dobson and Oliver Wallstrom, who are both still Islanders. And then last year was the Simon Holmstrom uh, draft, who, like, yeah, like you said, was was kind of off the board. So, um, yeah, it just goes back to to being, you know, lots of changes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, we're recording this now. For all we know, Lou might be on the phone with somebody now working out a deal that sends, you know, Johnny Boychuk, just as an example, literally anywhere. So, I mean, it, it you know, a lot could change between now and Tuesday slash Wednesday. Um, at the very least, the Islanders are going to have five new players and maybe a trade can't be consummated. But something is going to have to give because the Islanders do have three RFAs that need to be signed and they're not, you know, uh, guys that are down in the depth chart either. We're talking about Matt Barzell, Ryan Pollock, and Devon Taves two of the most important players on the entire roster and another guy who's pretty close. Um, there was an article today. We're going to talk about badly written articles uh, later on um, about it was at the athletic and it was by Dom Susan and, and James Myrtle, two favorites of Islanders fans um, about, you know, RFAs worth offer sheeting. And the, the list was basically three Islanders, a couple of guys in a lightning and some other dudes. It doesn't really matter. Um, are the Islanders vulnerable to an offer sheet? Sure, they got three guys to sign that are important and not a ton of cap space left over. They've got just about $9 million, like you said, of cap space. Um, you know, do we think there's going to be one? I don't know. I mean, is anybody willing to try this against Lou Lamorello, who seems like a guy who holds a grudge? I doubt that. Um, but, you know, in order to get those three guys signed, Lou is either going to have to get them to take very, very team-friendly deals, or probably short deals, or he's going to have to find some takers for some of his bigger contracts and we have no idea what that means. So, um, you know, it, it, it is, there's definitely, you know, the Islanders might not have the draft picks, but there's, they definitely have a lot of balls in the air and are definitely a team to watch whether or not anybody really knows that or not. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to see any of those contracts signed this week. That's not usually how RFAs work, but they're definitely going to be, anytime you're going to see a, a move, um, there was some chatter earlier today, Dave Pagnota talking about maybe, um, the Islanders talking to Derek Broussard about maybe coming back. I mean, I don't know about that. Um, but, uh, you know, people are like, oh, how are they going to do this? Well, I'm sure Lou isn't thinking one move at a time. I'm sure he's thinking several moves at a time. And if they are investigating bringing Broussard back, I'm sure they're talking to Matt Martin about him coming back. It's not going to be done in a vacuum. Like, it's going to be done with the knowledge that they need to sign these other guys too. So um, you kind of have to take it piece by piece. And then once the dust is settled – evaluate it and be like, okay, well, this works or that was dumb. And don't be surprised if you see a good player like a Nick Letty or Johnny Boychuk uh, being dealt for a fifth round pick <laughs> because that might be what is necessary to make that kind of room. And also, you know, they have guys in the fold that can, that can uh, take their places and, uh, you know, make those losses a little bit better. And then again, you bring in, you bang, bring back Barzell and those guys. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely interesting. The uh, one thing too to rem- remember about Lou and in his off season last year, he when he signed Jordan Eberle and Brock Nelson, those deals were I, I wouldn't say that they were like particularly. They don't look Nelson's maybe, but Eberle's now doesn't look you know particularly fan, uh, team friendly. But Eberle was coming off a uh, a ridiculous playoff run and. Uh, he was he was a kind of a analytic starling, I guess, and people thought he was going to get a bigger contract because he was a, a potential you know, thirty goal scorer with in his prime and whatever. And, and Lou got those deals done with kind of little fan fanfare fanfare, 
and did them in a way that was going to help the Islanders, uh, you know, basically bring, keep the band together uh, outside of Robin Leonard, of course, but so he's, he's, he's pretty good. He, I mean, he's Lou Lamarillo, so he's, he's pretty good at getting guys to um, kind of budge, I guess is the best way to put it. Or, or some, I mean, these are still great deals for, for, for working. So uh, they, he's, he's, he did a really good job at, the, at that stuff last, last year, uh, keep, keeping uh, Nelson and Everly. So I'm, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if, uh, you know, there, there's one, one of these guys, whether it's Taze, uh Taves, if it's going to be anybody that can yeah, like just who signs like a he signs like a very cheap four year deal like right, uh, right. and people are going to be like wow I can't believe that happened and you can point to the two uh, you know Nelson and, and Everly last year which happened so quickly with with very little warning or anything they kind of just popped up and all of a sudden Brock Nelson was extended and uh, then Jordan Everly was extended or it might have been vice versa and and so I mean I, it's a good time to remind people that you know this isn't. It isn't Gar Snow, you know, once again, driving the bus here. So the Islanders, uh, they're in capable hands at this kind of stuff. This is kind of where you, you trust Lou the most. His his roster construction comes under fire sometimes, but he, he's certainly been good about getting guys to to sign deals that, that will help, uh, that, you know, guys that you thought were 50-50 and you really want it back uh, to sign deals that, that didn't, you know, hinder the team. Now, of course, he, he he did go fishing for you know the Leo Komarovs of the world, but but <laughs> in terms of you know guys who I, I mean I was resigned last year. I remember after the season and being like that was it for Jordan Everly. He's going to sign a yeah. seven year deal and he's going to get paid a lot of money. And uh, same, and I was worried about Nelson too. I was like, if yeah. I assumed it was just going to be one of the two, and he got both of them. So uh, I was going to say we had multiple episodes last year talking basically saying goodbye to both of those guys because yeah. we didn't think they would ever be able to keep both of them. And so we kind of had resigned ourselves to losing at least one. And then, yeah, they both came back and it's like, oh, oh, you could do that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I really, I mean, every year you hear about offer sheets and Islander fans are often on the other side where they're like, Ooh, why don't we offer sheet this guy? Or, and, and it was with Mitch Marner last year, whoever uh, you want to say for years prior to that. And I mean, the only person who got someone got oh Sebastian Sebastian Ajo got offer sheeted last year by uh, Mark Bergevin and it was very tepid it was like a toe in the water because GMs just don't like to piss each other off and um, you want to piss off Lou go right ahead and uh, but he's uh, I just don't think that that's it's going to happen and and even if Matt Barzell gets offer sheeted I'm pretty sure that the Islanders uh, will just do whatever it takes and and it's it's great to see that. Um, you know, the athletic is, is running this article with those two guys a year after they were making that same argument about Mitch Marner being like, well, no one's going to do it. No, no one's going to offer sheet this guy. He's uh, it's just not right. It just doesn't happen. And so they're, you know, obviously doing their, uh, their old shtick, I guess it's just, it's a, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of angle that they, they've been taking on their hockey coverage uh, in the broader spectrum. You know, the, the team by team coverage seems to be good still. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for their guy, but it makes sense for everybody else's guy. Um, yeah, and also like on that list, they like included a couple Leafs players that they're like, this is it, the whole angle was like, oh, well, if they do, if these guys get offer sheeted, then we can sign Alex Petrangelo. Like, yeah, I'm sure that you know the the Nashville Predators are going to offer sheet Andreas Janssen or whoever Ilya Mikheyev, and just just so to do you guys a favor to make sure that Alex Petrangelo gets to come play home hockey at home. That's what it's all about. That's what the entire league has to bend over so that that can happen. Um, that, but you know what's funny is that the um, the uh, offer sheet it was 
it was Sebastian Ajo, right? Yeah, last year that got the offer sheet. But it was almost the same thing. I mean, it was Montreal offer sheeting Carolina. But I, I remember even at the time thinking that it, it was almost like, at, you know, after the dust had settled and people had had gotten over the the excitement of this offer sheet being signed, it, it really seemed as if the Habs had, like you said, it was a very lackluster sort of half-assed thing. And it was almost like a slap in the face. Like it was almost like they offer sheeted Ajo with a a contract that the Hurricanes just totally signed. And it was almost as if the Habs just didn't think the Hurricanes had any money to sign the guy. And it was almost like, no, actually, we, we have the money. We can just do this. And, and we're, and yeah, then we're a professional like, hockey team, too. We're in the same league as you right. guys. Yeah. We're, we're on this side of the border. We get it. Like, we, we, right. we, <laughs> But I remember thinking that, like, almost like, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the Hurricanes are a, a division rival and all this. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that's almost insulting. Like, really? This is what? All right, fine, man, whatever. Okay. But anyway, that's, again, the thinking that, that's gone on up there. But, uh, yeah, um, it, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's such a weird thing. And there's so many... You know, Jeff Merrick is is a guy. You know, he's got the podcast and he's a likable guy, and I, and I trust him and everything. But he's been beating the drums for RFA contracts for so long that it's like it's become a bit at this point. And and in one of the recent Thirty One Thoughts podcasts, he was talking about how Columbus should RFA, you know, should sign these guys to an offer sheet and get these guys. And it's like, okay, great. Well, then when you run a team, you can do that. But my guess is that Yarmo Kekalainen is not going to do that because very few times have that ever happened. So, I mean, maybe we're wrong again, but by, you know, 12 hours from now, this could be totally uh, blown up, but uh, it just, it does find, I do find it funny that the drums keep getting beaten for this thing. Like the, uh, the Pierre Lebrun sign and trade thing. He was talking about somebody doing that this year too. And I'm like, yeah, okay, Pierre, whatever you say. Uh, Yeah. Steve Steve Eiserman will sign or will trade for like, yeah. You know, Mikhail Sergachev and then trade him back to Detroit or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the other thing, too. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Eisenman knows Sorelli and Johnson. He could RFA these guys, you know, offer sheet these guys. Like, yeah, okay, he could, but he probably won't. Like, I'm sure that's not the first thing on Steve Eisenman's mind is to totally screw over my old, you know, teammates and friends and whatever. But, um, but then, so that's, you know, we've talked about the draft again, Tuesday, Wednesday, but then Friday, uh, is the opening of the free agent, the unrestricted free agency window. So that's when things are really going to start getting interesting because a lot of guys are available. And two that we've talked about, we we already had our say about Henrik Lundqvist a couple episodes back. So uh, I'll try and find that link. You you re, you retweeted that the other day. So I'll try and find that and put that uh, up there. Uh, but he is now an official unrestricted free agent, having been bought out by the Rangers. Some people find this greatly offensive to... His legacy, I, I don't know. I mean, the guy put in 15 years. He got a buyout. Like, they got younger guys. It, it happens. I'm sure Henrik Lundqvist understands that. He'll be back to have his number retired. It's never. It's not like his legacy is going anywhere with the Rangers. Um, but just uh, just today, Michael Grabner was uh, – actually, should I say Saturday, Michael Grabner, our old friend, was put on waivers, and he cleared today. So he's another UFA uh, that's out there. Uh, you know, I – Honestly, like I would love to see him come back. I think he's the kind of guy the Islanders could probably use. Um, you know, again, lower tier, third third line, fourth line guy, kills penalties, can score goals. We've seen that before. So that would be kind of cool. Will it happen? I don't know. He'd have to take a lot less <laughs> probably from them than they he would someplace else. Um, but, uh, you know, any Islanders guys uh, that are UFAs are going to be, you know, free then too. Derek Broussard, we talked about. Andy Green is going to be one. Um, you know, it's... 
it's not impossible that those guys could come back if they're not signed. I doubt anybody's going to sign Andy Green on <laughs> the first day of free agency, so they could come back. Um, but uh, that'll be interesting, too, because there's a lot of guys that are available, a lot of goalies in particular, which doesn't affect the Islanders, but it'll be kind of fun to watch where who lands where, Lundquist being among them. Jimmy Howard is another guy who's going to be available. So, um, yeah, talk about change league-wide. Friday is the day you're you really want to pay attention because that's going to be the sort of free agent frenzy. And uh, I have a feeling that a lot of bad contracts are going to be hung <laughs> handed out that day. Hopefully none of them uh, are uh, you know done by the Islanders. But again, they don't have a lot of room. So uh, if they're going to do something, uh, they're going to have to make room first. So, yeah, it's going to be weird to not talk to talk about, uh, I guess, what's the, that day is going to be October uh October 9th, as if it's July 1st. And yeah, we're going to Canada Day. That I could see that moving Canada Day to, to October 9th. You know, we'll have Canada Day too, because they love to always talk about how it's Canada Day and free agent frenzy. And then the next day, all those guys kind of take their vacation or whatever and say, all right, Canada. you know, yeah, I'm off to Lake, you know, uh, Moose Antler in, in Saskatchewan. I'll, 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 you won't be hearing from me much. And then all they do is tweet rumors for the rest of the summer. So <laughs> they're obviously still working. But yeah, that. I do think we'll see it. A lot of times, there the first couple hours of free agency are people things start flying around, and uh, I don't think it's going to be the case this year. Uh, just because it's going to it's uh, it's going to be weird for the first team in this. Uh, someone's going to set the bar is basically what I'm saying for for what a contract will look like in in this flat cap. Uh, you know, post. Uh, you know, po- post uh, pause uh, world with with you know obviously the the whole we don't know if fans will be back and it, hockey teams are going to be struggling for revenue whatever. Um, so, so so some team is going to set set a, a barometer and then the other deals will start fo- following. And I don't I don't really expect the Islanders to be um, swinging swinging for the fences with <laughs> with like yeah the uh, Petrangelos and Tory Krugs of the world. Although Scott, for some reason, Scott Burnside thinks that the Islanders are going. Tory Krug is destined to play on Long Island, which would be would be great, but <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Scott, uh, I don't know what 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 Islanders you've been watching, but he, uh, I don't know if he knows the Islanders made the playoffs yet. We'll let him. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think I could see them making a, a deal for like a. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know Taylor Hall is on the list. I mean, this is hypocritical. Is it? They won't be swinging for the fences, but I think Taylor Hall is, is interesting just because I can see him taking like a like a one year deal just because of the the way things have worked out with him. Like he's he's such an anomaly. I, I have no idea what to expect. I, in all likelihood, it doesn't happen, but um, I could just see him signing for a deal somewhere where it's like a a one year you know nine million dollars contract or like a two year deal with a lot of money, um, but. Yeah, then then that next tier is kind of where I expect the Islanders to at least be kicking tires, and and you you to be hearing names uh, attached to the Islanders, uh, but I don't don't expect them to be right out of the gates like involved just because like we said like they unless I mean unless Lou is able to clear a bunch of cap between now and then, uh, they the Islanders news is going to be much more about uh, exits than entries until uh, until it looks like their cap their cap situation for. 2021 uh becomes clearer um but i think the good thing is if, if they do want brassard and andy green and matt martin back i think those three guys all have uh or like you said they're, they're not you know the, the the 
no one's going to be beating down the door to sign, maybe except for me and you and the Islander <laughs> fans to sign Andy Green on, on July 1st at noon. But he will obviously be, someone will, will, will make an offer to him at some oh, point. Sure. But but I think the th- between the, the common thread between the three of them is that they probably want to stay on Long Island because they have defined roles. And I don't really know if, you know, Derek, Derek Broussard just played with for, you know, half the league the year before last and uh, didn't have a role and was that upset him and, uh, just some st- stability at that point of your career is, is worth worth its weight in gold. And Martin, uh, we know Matt Martin. We don't need to talk in green. Same. So I think they all cir- they're the guys that will circle back uh, and sign with with the Islanders if if it works out for both for both sides. So I'm I would say of those three, I think I think Martin and Green would probably be back. And who knows Broussard? I was surprised to see his name be like the first. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, the first free agent <laughs> mentioned like besides outside of Grice where. Everybody was saying, you know, Grice is gone, and it's it's. I I don't mean to insult Thomas Grice, and I know you don't either. But the fact that we're not really talking about him uh, much, just because we know he's, it's basically a foregone conclusion that he's leaving. Despite the fact that this, we're now talking about like a a guy who's who's in the Islander record books all over the place for goaltenders. You know, he's he's had the the quietest five year tenure, um, successful five year tenure. Uh, for the Islanders, it's, it's almost like Radic Martinek, like he's just going to be all over Islander record books for a while, and. You know, when, when hopefully Ilya Sorokin gets his career going, uh, he'll be passing Thomas Grice in all these lists, and you'll be like, "Oh, it's like with Josh Bailey too." Like those guys are climbing past guys. You're like, "It's gonna be funny in a couple of years when 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 people are beating Josh Bailey's assist record and stuff like that." <laughs> yeah, um, when if they ever restart the Islanders Hall of Fame, and I hope they do after UBS Arena goes up uh, at Belmont, uh, Thomas Grice is absolutely going to be involved there because he has to be. Because yeah, this five year run. He's been phenomenal. He had that one bad year, but other than that, I mean, he's been in net for two playoff clinchers and and a ton of records. And uh, you know, it's it's almost weird that you know all this time the two names at the top of basically every goaltending list are Billy Smith and Chico Resch, and now Thomas Grice is right up there. So like, you're talking about the the best goalies in Islanders history: Billy Smith, Chico Resch, Kelly Rudy. And Thomas Grice, like that's it, you know, that's the top of every single goaltending list, and and it's pretty remarkable. And yeah, I mean, I think we're all expecting Ilya Sorokin to uh, to stake his claim to a lot of those as well. Um, yeah, I, I could see Green having, you know, he's a Michigan guy. I don't know if Steve Eisenman is going to call him or anything, but I could see the pull of maybe playing back with the Red Wings would would be interesting to him again if he if he ever got that call. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, we're gonna have to just kind of wait and see and and see where that goes. I don't see them being a big player. Um, they did have a headline segment this week on Sportsnet, and Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman did talk about Taylor Hall apparently being open to a short deal like that. You know, I mean, the poor guy has only been in the playoffs twice in his career, once being this year, very briefly, <laughs> with the Coyotes, and then with the Devils uh, a couple of years ago. So, I mean, he wants to play on a winner and apparently is is – amenable to a deal that's pretty short which might help the islanders but they they, again it's like the offer sheet like people say this kind of stuff every year i mean people were talking about signing john Tavares for one year uh you know 15 million which if you had literally listened to a single thing that guy said for the previous two years you would know that he was not amenable to that sort of thing so uh just because people talk about it doesn't necessarily mean true but uh i i don't see the islanders being a player for hall again unless they you know we wake up and they've traded five different contracts just to get the guy, but we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I completely forgot. He, he's kind of the big one out there, but I don't know. It's it's weird. He's a weird player because he's so good. And yet every team he plays on just bites the big one. I really don't. <laughs> it's just very strange. Yeah, it is. It's, uh-huh. it's he, he's, 
it sucks. Yeah, it sucks because and and he just he, his timing is just always terrible. Um, right. But he he's yeah he he I, 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 I not I do not expect him at all to be an Islander. But I do think that if if uh, between now and Friday the Islanders do clear room and 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 a and a path becomes open for it, I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah. At that point, uh, so it it a lot of things would have to go right. But if 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 some if one of the dominoes starts to fall, I would be wondering if, if that's kind of outside of obviously getting those three RFAs under, under the umbrella, the next, that the other kind of piece of the puzzle would be, uh, you know, Taylor Hall or some, or someone of that ilk, but one, whether it's one thing for sure trade. with, mm-hmm. what's that? No, I was gonna say Taylor Hall or someone of that ilk and someone of that, uh, someone else of that ilk would have to be via trade. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, one thing for, uh, for Lou Lamarello is you, you gotta be prepared for the surprise because he likes to do that kind of stuff. Uh, another guy I forgot to talk about, uh, before we take a break is Bobby Ryan was bought out by the senators after he won the Masterton trophy this year. Uh, I'm pretty confident he won't be an Islander and I'm very confident he will be a Philadelphia flyer because he is Cherry Hill native, uh, Bobby Ryan, which if you have followed any flyers writers, you would know, uh, you know, that's he was a given and i i totally expect him to be a flyer at some point uh because it just makes sense these guys from the philly area south jersey always end up playing for the flyers for a while uh okay we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about another old friend who had some kind things to say about islanders fans and uh a very poorly written article that uh also in a roundabout way had some kind things to say about the islanders so uh stick with us and we'll be back in a few seconds I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. There's some really cool stuff out there. Kevin is still pumping out some stuff. And uh, I want to just thank everybody that's bought t-shirts from the site. Uh, Again, our portion of the sales of the Al Arbor t-shirt go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. And I'm proud to say that a lot of uh, donation money has gone to the CDR uh, over the last few months. And and that's really great to see. I'm, I'm really glad that people are buying it and and giving their money to them because it's it's a worthwhile uh, place for sure. Uh, if you use the code Lighthouse15, you could save 15%. So you get a cool shirt, you can you know uh, make uh, a donation, and uh, you can save some money at the same time. So VintageIceHockey.com. And if you've already bought from them, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so uh, finishing off a, a thread that had started a couple of weeks ago, Robin Leonard and the Golden Knights have finalized a five-year deal. I believe it was $25 million, right? It's like $5 million a year, I think. And um, 
you know, that, that in and of itself is, is fine. I mean, we're all happy for Leonard. He can, you know, end up getting the stability that he'd been seeking for uh, a couple of years, but uh, he put out an interesting series of tweets. And of course, you know, as we all know, Leonard is definitely open about uh, his struggles and, and is you know, the guy who leaves every, uh, he has every emotion written on his sleeve, which is one of the things we like about him. But um, in the middle of, uh, of this thread about, you know, the new contract, he, he tweeted, uh, I also want to thank the Blackhawks and Islanders organizations and teammates that helped me to this point, especially fans in Long Island that truly changed my life and gave me the push I needed. So, we talked about his tattoo uh, earlier this season of Long Island. Now he's out here, you know, he's signing a contract and who are the people he's shouting out? Islanders fans. And I mean, I just, I don't remember ever seeing a connection like this between a guy and a team that he used to play for in any way, shape or form of the Islanders. I don't know how his Golden Knights teammates feel about this, but we were just talking before we, we started recording that, you know, I don't remember like, there's not a lot of times when a guy signs with a different team and keeps shouting out fans from another team he played for. And like you brought up a good point, Joe Pavelski, like Joe Pavelski just, you know, went to the Stanley cup final. And at no point did he ever thank the fans in San Jose for all the support that they gave him. Cause now he's with Dallas. It's just kind of, kind of weird. No offense to Joe Pavelski. I don't know. Nobody expects him to do that, but here's Robin Leonard saying like, yeah, and thanks to Islanders fans for helping me out. It's like, okay, man, no problem. We really, you know, Good, good, good on you. Congratulations on the contract. It's a very weird relationship we have with this guy. Weird in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird, weird can be the best, right? And, and that's what it is. It's, it's like the, the, it's one of those situations where if you know, like, you know, and to, if you don't know, like, you kind of don't matter situation because you just won't understand kind of the, the layers to this relationship. Because if you think about Leonard from when he signed with the Islanders, he was, it was basically a, uh, one year, like show me contract. If he had a bad year, he was going to probably be done in the NHL. Uh, oh yeah, you know, and and then obviously the at, right after signing that deal in the off season, he um, went public with with his uh, you know his his mental illness and and his struggle and uh, you know his sickness and and it it was it completely changed. Obviously, changed his life and it started to really change the way we look at, at kind of stuff like that in in, in our sport, uh, especially. Uh, but it also right away, just Islander fans got on his side uh, and, you know, built him up. And, and I'm sure that he him signing with with the Islanders, he probably had no idea. You know, I'm sure that uh, Lamarillo, who, who in you know his three weeks of being the general manager or whatever it was, was telling him about how great Islander fans are and whatever. And I'm sure he, he you know, you hear that from every team. And and he found out pretty quickly that, look, once once you're one of us and you you show that you you get it. Um, we're going to, we're going to show you right back. Like that we, we will support you no matter what, like, you know, we'll support you no matter what, like whatever, whatever you need, like we'll be there to kind of help you beat, beat that, uh, you know, climb that hill. And we, you know, Islander fans, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that like this group of, you know, whatever, how many thousands people we are, it's not a big group. And we talk, you know, not, not big, but loud. And uh, they help save this guy's life. And he's, he's, a, a goaltender who wears his emotions on his sleeve and you don't really see that often um and now he's literally wearing them on the back of his neck but he he he's just it's just it's the most it's really the most bizarre and you said in a good way in a good way like um one year stint with a team you'll you can imagine just because of how a how good he was b that he left but never never stopped talking about islander fans and in this whole kind of hockey twitter sphere echo chamber 
one of the the most tired sticks in the whole thing is that the you know people the media talk about how Islander fans just piss them off to no end, and then in the next tweet they'll they'll tweet about how brave Robin Leonard is, and here's a guy who's trying to show them like no like this you you just don't get these people um they they get it too like they they've Robin Leonard was was kind of in a much more serious way fighting through things that Islander fans were also fighting through I mean we were fighting through a a, a um kind of a, a just a turbulent time as a group with with Tavares leaving and the way we were treated but not only by the guy who was supposed to be our franchise cornerstone but the media and the the, the management of the team was terrible for a long time it was just the Islander fans were were you, you we you always say like like a, a a wounded animal or or you know like a an abused dog or something and uh that that's kind of how how we are just as a, as a fan base and he he recognized that and he could see that and he put and he never he never misses a chance to point out uh just just like how powerful we could be because look if we're if you get a, this group of people behind you like they'll sing your names like look at josh bailey like he he when josh bailey scores a goal when he's josh bailey steps on the ice at the coliseum he people just sing his name for 45 seconds at a clip there's no other player in the nhl that does it yeah barry Barry trotz i mean yeah like people are well like we want statues to this guy already he's been here two years because he gets us yeah exactly and we we get and, and we get them they get us and that's a very powerful thing that a lot of like it's it's like the fourth wall in movies like that Woody Allen would always break in, in like uh, uh, Annie Hall or whatever. It's, it's, there's a fourth wall in sports too. It's like fans are on this side of the glass. Players are on that side of the glass. And it very rarely do, do they kind of come in uh, to the, that fourth wall come down and, and with Leonard and Trotz and Bailey and the Islanders more than any other team, probably in sports, just because of how interconnected the community is with the team and how important the team is to said community that fourth wall kind of just gets obliterated. And if you can handle that and appreciate that as a, as an athlete, uh, as a professional athlete, like it's a very powerful thing. And uh, Leonard, Leonard totally, totally gets it. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's touching. Like the fact that he, he did that, the day he signed his contract, the people that were on his mind were probably his family and the Islander fans back on, back on <laughs> Long Island, which is uh, he's, and he's also the only guy that will we'll always, will always give a pass to for saying in Long Island. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say I didn't even realize that until I read it out loud, but uh yeah, no, it's it's definitely different and it's definitely you don't something you don't see that often and it was funny that, you know, that happened and I I registered it and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And then today, you know, we, we mentioned the article before about the RFAs uh that, you know, could potentially be offer sheeted and, you know, because it involves a lot of Islanders and because it was written by two guys based in Toronto, there's the obligatory like, well, Islanders fans are going to get mad here and they're going to, you know, storm the comment section and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if you're that afraid of these people, article after article that it keeps coming up all the time and stuff like down goes Brown rights and whatever, like maybe that you guys need to examine the way you're writing these articles that are making these people mad. Like how many of these articles just feel like they they are designed and and the the concepts are done just to antagonize Islanders fans. Like, you know that when you put this article up about the RFAs being, you know, susceptible to offer sheets, you know Islanders fans are going to be mad. So maybe write them in such a way that the Islanders fans won't be mad at you. And it's, again, a weird contrast between what Robin Leonard has gone through and, and how he, he embraced the Islanders fans. And Islanders fans definitely embraced him. And I'm sure we talked about it over his season, uh, you know, with the team that there was a kinship there. And, you know, you're talking about, 
two, you know, one guy and a group of people that are often marginalized, you know, were kind of tossed aside uh, and we're starting from the bottom. And, and for, you know, for the Islanders, they were starting from the bottom because Tavares wasn't there. Leonard was starting from the bottom because he had gone through rehab and had no contract and he was trying to prove himself. And they came together and they found common ground. And, and instead of like condescending to Islanders fans, you know, maybe a little bit more common ground could be found and, and a connection can be forged there too. Because like you said, Islanders fans want that connection. We found that connection with, with Barry Trotz. I mean, this guy was here for 10 minutes and he's already talking about playing Islanders hockey and playing for the community and playing for the Island. Like he gets it. He's a, you know, he's an old school player. He, you know, came through, I'm sure he played with a lot of dudes who were minor leaguers uh, on the Island and, the, and he knows what, what the Island is all about. And so we love him and we're, all, we're probably always going to love him. Hopefully nothing terrible, tragic happens <laughs> from here on out, but uh, it's pretty remarkable how quickly that relationship can be forged uh, if you just give people a chance, you mm-hmm. know, and just just try and find that common ground with them, uh, it, so yeah, so it's I mean you can there's been a lot of those situations too where it takes guys like you know five JG Pajo and and even Andy Green like oh, another good one yeah yeah like they they just <laughs> you you see like oh you professional sports and and these athletes especially the day they sign a new contract it's very canned everything is so canned it's you know this is a I'm, I'm leaving Team A. Thank you for thank you fans for you know said years. It was great. I'm sorry I couldn't get the job done. Uh, it starts with me. Uh, it was my fault. Blah blah blah. But I got to go to do this team now. And I'm really and then the next tweet is I'm really excited to be here. You know Toronto like whatever. Um, Leonard is as as far away from that cliche athlete as possible. I mean we saw it during the playoffs too. He he was you know very vocal about uh, you know. The, the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. And he's just, he's, he's very um, cerebral and he knows uh, more, probably more than anyone that you need just to listen to people and to hear them out and not just paint them all with broad strokes. Like the Islanders fan base is painted with a very broad stroke that they were an annoying nagging group that, you know, shouldn't have a hockey team and almost lost a hockey team. And instead of looking at it, like, no, no, these people actually, they did almost lose a hockey team and it would have ruined them. Like it would have ruined a lot of people if this team walked away from them. And that's why they love it so much. And Leonard gets it. And he didn't, you know, he's not a canned response guy. So, you know, that, that, uh, that tweet really, it came from, from somewhere uh, deep, deep within. And, and instead of picking up on that, that, you know, I just think it's so funny. That's like right in front of all these media members, like, Oh no, there is actually a story there that this guy made this connection in one year that right. basically, you know, when, when, like you said, like Joe, and I, is, this is, you know, using Joe Pavelski for some reason as a, um, you know, just like a, as a metaphor, but well, you, you know, can use Corey Perry too. Yeah, I don't Corey Perry, like saying anything. <laughs> I don't think that like, it's just like those guys were at those teams and I'm sure that like, they really, really loved being in San Jose or being in Anaheim and the fans there, but they didn't, they, it's just not, it, you can tell it's, it's very different the way that um, th- this connection that was so, that's so deep rooted uh, with, with Leonard compared to basically every athlete you've ever seen. And uh, no, and, and that's once again, like we always go back to, this is what sports are about. Like those, that, that is an amazing sports story, but instead of getting that story, we're going to get, here's, you know, the, 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 all UFA team of the guys with the, the, you know, the, here's, here's the 12 bald free agents that we can make a team out of. Can they beat any NHL team? Like, all right. Or or the 50th article about how the Leafs can fit, um, uh, both Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo (laughs) under the cap. And would that, would a, would a super Leafs team with Stamkos or or super Leafs team beat the Rangers with Stamkos and, (laughs) 
and whoever they're going to sign. And then would that team beat the North American World Cup team that we project here for the 18th time since right. yeah. the, the, who's, the who's NHL who's stopped be playing? On that team yeah. Canada in the uh, 2028 World it's Cup? Just, it's amazing. Here's a it, The story is on a silver platter. It's one that people would read and would maybe make a little bit of a difference for a lot of people in the way they look at sports. And, uh, yeah, instead, instead we uh, – I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, no, <laughs> Um, speaking of poorly written articles and, uh, I gotta be honest, like this was one of the reasons, if, even if there hadn't been a draft this week and hit free agency and all that stuff we talked about before or Robin Leonard signing, whatever, um, we probably could have just done a, a podcast on this one article because it really did, I think, tie a, a little bit of a bow around what Islanders fans have been through for a while. And, and it certainly was something that I think a lot of us had kind of hoped to see, um, as our friend Carrie Haber put it, I, I don't think we expected to see it this quickly, but it is something that we all kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. And it's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us had been dreaming about writing. Um, Steve Simmons uh, of Sun Sports, uh, columnist that apparently nobody enjoys reading and has the ability to piss off literally every single person that reads his work for different reasons, uh, wrote an article, uh, was posted on October 1st. Uh, so it was good timing. And the title is An Ordinary John Tavares in the Playoffs isn't what the Maple Leafs are paying for. And I'll put a link to this, obviously, in the uh, the post for this uh, podcast. And if you haven't read it, um, it it's it, I urge you to. It, not because it's a good article, because it's, it's trash, as every Simmons article is, but you already know what it's going to be based on that title. If you're wondering if it's going to be exactly what you're thinking of, I promise you that it is all of that. And it is about how John Tavares has been very good in the regular season, and very terrible for the most part, and mediocre in the playoffs. And for $11 million, that is not what the Leafs are paying for. And at signing him seemed like a good idea at the time, but now maybe it turns out it is not. Um, and so, uh, if you ha- again, if you haven't read it, I urge you to. And then sit back and enjoy a hearty laugh at the expense of the Leafs, their fans, and columnists like Steve Simmons for writing this kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know if John Tavares read it. If he did, he'd probably be pissed off about it. But uh, it, it was fun, and, and I got to say, it really did come out of nowhere. Nobody expected it to, to pop up, you know, just as the season was ending and uh, to be what it was. But uh, it, it's kind of fun. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of us kind of expected something like this to come about when Tavares signed with the Leafs. But, you know, it's been two years, so... If you had the under, congratulations. You you probably won. <laughs> so there you go. It it was funny. Like the day before that, um, when I was ignoring the 27th article written about Alex Petrangelo going to the Leafs, I was thinking like, oh, you know what would be a fun thing to happen is if there actually was some momentum for it and the Leafs saying like, oh, well, uh, someone saying, suggesting that they should give him the captaincy. And because that would then start the ball rolling on chasing Tavares out of town. Little did I know that the next day, Steve Simmons would, you know, take, say, say to me, hold my beer and, and just do that all on his own. He would just go rogue. And, and I appreciated it because like when, when John Tavares signed with the Leafs, like you said, perfectly, like this day was, is if you sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs, this day is always coming. Like there's, they're going to try to run you out of town. The media is going to try anything because their editors, you know, come to them and say, you know, you, you need to stir the pot a little bit or something. And, uh, that's that's what happened here and and i just assumed that after you know t- basically by all accounts two solid seasons st- statistically from from john Tavares with toronto the toronto maple leafs he uh he would probably get survive another offseason before either steve simmons or damian cox or 
uh, and basically any Toronto Maple Leafs writer that doesn't work for the Athletic would try to write, run, run him out of town, and I was wrong. It happened. It happened quickly, and uh, I shouldn't say he's trying to run him out of town. He's just starting. He's just starting to to plant those seeds that the big the bigger piece is coming. It's it's, it's almost like a smoking gun uh, situation with with Simmons that he's like basically owning the beat. You know, Damian Co- Damian Cox is owning the NHL bubble playoffs beat was terrible or whatever he he, he decided to to talk about and steve simmons is, is uh calling calling dibs on the i'm gonna be the guy that leads the charge on saying that john Tavares isn't living up to the hype and maybe the, the, the you know get the ball rolling on getting him out of town because of that contract and they can you know go after taylor i mean uh, Connor mcdavid or whatever and start that that kind of process but uh it it, it i mean you, you just got you had things it was a great news. It was great news to read. It was, I mean, terrible story, terrible story, but, but a great one to read for Islander fans. Like there's nothing there. It's basically, it was, but the, the headline was perfect for us. It was great. And, and yeah. it did exactly what I needed it to do. And what I've been dreaming of Steve Simmons or those kind of Toronto media talking heads to do Bruce Arthur, definitely among, among the worst of them. The, what they needed to do was just start, start the flame to let doing to, to, to light the starter log because what's immediately going to do is it's going to, to set off a, a counter, uh, like a counter attack from the, uh, you know, uh, pension plan puppets or, uh, you know, Jeff Fillet oh, yeah. and those guys. Oh, the, like, uh, the cavalry was out. Yes, sure. exactly. The cavalry is the word I was looking for. Like those kind of people. Cause it, and then, and, and then you just sit back and watch this, this Twitter feud, uh, for, for an hour of talking, you know, some people crying about John Tavares being so good and, uh, that you know, he's he, all of a sudden he's the most unappreciated leaf of all time. Mm, uh, yeah, know, I think I think I think Aki Berg would like a, a word with you. Uh, I, I don't I don't really understand how a guy getting paid, you know, the sixth most expensive player in the league or whatever he is, is the most underappreciated Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. He's a captain for all for Christ. And you had a day named after him after he right. he was upset. <laughs> you know, I don't think he's underappreciated. Um, but. It just it it set off this this chain reaction that was just a symphony of playing the greatest hits for Islander fans because it it was so enjoyable to watch and just knowing that you know we, this is, we're we're sitting here looking pretty that uh, those Steve Simmons and the Arthur Bruce Arthur and uh, Damian Cox those guys are very quick to compliment Lou Lamarillo that you know lose their guy so they 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 kind of like are for some, somehow have turned pro Islanders and uh, in all in all this mess and. It's, I just, I'm now looking forward to more and more of it, especially, you know, with, with the Leafs in a cap situation too, that more is coming and uh, look, we deserve it. We deserve to, to be able to, to be this petty and to kick our feet back up and read the Toronto. So I might subscribe and get the Toronto Sun delivered to my front door. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Let's not get crazy now. We're talking about money. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big thing. But, oh God, uh, I just want more of it. Yeah. But like you said, like that, that's a big thing is the door is now open now. Or, and, and it's funny is that, you know, the proverbial door for these types of stories is now open because Steve Simmons opened it as ironically the door to the Leafs, um, you know, post-game media scrums is probably going about to be closed to Steve Simmons, who I'm sure made no friends <laughs> in the Leafs. I mean, he probably didn't have that many to begin with in the Leafs room, but uh, he definitely lost another one uh, with uh, Tavares now. And so good luck with that, Steve, for the next five years is trying to get an interview with this guy. Um, I don't think he probably cares, but um, yeah, I, you know, again, it does, it does hit all of the marks that you would expect uh, about him. It's mostly about him being bad in the playoffs. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's had, he's over a point a game, I think in the regular season. So nobody can really, um, uh, you know, uh, get on that, get on him for that. But it's really more about how he, 
didn't elevate his game the way a player like Braden Point did uh, or uh, Sebastian Ajo or Pierre-Luc Dubois or Matthew Barzell, who was mentioned. Um, the only thing it's not, it doesn't mention, which I thought was kind of weird, was that about how Lou Lamorello's Islanders now have moved on, you know, won X amount of playoff rounds, whereas the Leafs haven't. And of course, Lou was Leafs GM and all thing. That part, I'm surprised. He must have had a, a paragraph or two in there. Yeah, I think he got cut that. off. He's yeah. saving that for part two, probably. You know, yeah. if if the Leafs start slow and the Islanders don't in the next yeah. year, he'll 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 make sure to. Yeah, I guess that's true. It. He's, he's yeah, you don't want to shoot all the bullets at once. Yeah, exactly. It's still coming. Man, I yeah. didn't realize that Steve Simmons was going to – the 2020 is a weird, weird thing, but Steve Simmons becoming my favorite hockey writer on the planet. <laughs> something I didn't see coming. It does involve the phrase, uh, was finally freed from his purgatory with the New York Islanders. Yeah, I know. I that gave was him a pass the part- for that. I gave him a pass. Because yeah. he was serving the greater good. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people kind of kind – of, cling to that like oh yeah purgatory that's one you know whatever five playoff rounds in the last whatever two seasons so um so yeah i'm gonna put a link there i definitely urge you to read it again it is not a well-written column <laughs> never i would never ask people to read steve simmons unless there was it, an actual it looks reason. like an edit test almost like like if you were starting a career in media or something you, you might get served an edit test by uh, someone who interviewed you and, and they'll they'll send you an article like that they'll be like what feedback would you give the writer and if you're in an island if you're if for me i would say this is a, probably the best article i've ever read but you know if you <laughs> if, if you weren't you'd probably be like you might want to just start this one all over because it's terrible it is uh, terrible the um the tweet is in there by the way the bed sheets the famous bed sheets tweet is in the middle of there. So also some some video that i'm not going to click on for sure because i'm sure it's <laughs> stupid but uh and then of course my favorite part is that you know the it's one thing to, you know, have struggle and, and maybe not, you know, rise to a certain occasion, but the, the absolute worst thing that you could ever do, or I should say the, the worst fate that can befall you as a hockey player in the eyes of most, if not all Canadian media is when you would not make the Canadian Olympic team. Like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> if you're not on the Canadian Olympic team, what even are you? Why are you even out here? What are you doing here? Go go find another career. And Steve Simmons brings up a, a point. And I got to be honest, he's probably right. Uh, if the Canadian Olympic team were to be picked for 2022, um, you know, Tavares might be considered for a fourth line role, which of course he would, he played already back in Sochi. But uh, I mean, who would you pick? I mean, you got to put guys like Point and, you know, Taves is still up there. Jonathan Taves is still kicking, you know, and Bergeron and Shifley and Couturier. These guys are all, you know, they fit roles better than than Tavares would. So that to me is, is you know, it, I find it stupid on one point, but I do find it incredibly hilarious and so, so cliche that that is the worst possible thing. <laughs> it's like a fate worse than death. Oh, my God. You can't make the Canadian Olympic team. Well, I mean, it's only – it's only going to be 25 spots. Like somebody's, somebody's going to miss. Somebody good is going to miss. It. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, check that out if you haven't already. Um, it's uh, It'll make your day, I promise. Yeah, it, maybe you're weak. I mean, I, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm going on like you know, four or five days where I've read it in a row, and uh, it's just it, – it's, it's what it, – like, and you said it. It came from nowhere. It just – it came yeah. from absolutely nowhere. Yeah, uh, so – so that's part of the that was part of the beauty of it that it just absolutely was just dropped on us out of nowhere and just set off everybody uh, on on Leafs Twitter and uh, I was actually oh, yeah. surprised that they didn't they didn't do they didn't just get everybody back into uh, you know uh, their Canada Center or whatever it's called now and and line them up for another Tavares Day you know introduction <laughs> you know, let's, the let's mayor do- gets involved the whole <laughs> thing yeah right? yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure that I'm sure the uh, the athletic slack was lit. Yeah, oh, can't imagine. Yeah, Steve went off on it, but anyway. So there you go. Uh, okay, well, I think that's about it. Uh, I don't think that we uh, wasn't a, packed with a whole lot of information, but uh, if you're uh, waiting for the draft and everything to start, uh, hopefully we kept you entertained for uh, for about an hour or so. Again, so uh, Tuesday is round one, starting at seven o'clock. Uh, you can probably catch that on NBCSN. Rounds two through whatever, I guess it's seven now is the last round, are going to be on Wednesday starting at 1130 NHL Network. Uh, if you're in Canada, I'm assuming Sportsnet uh, or TSN or whatever has has that stuff. And then Friday is uh, UFA Day, so buckle up. Uh, again, I can't tell you what the Islanders are going to do, but it's going to be a lot of weirdness, I'm, I'm sure, because this flat cap is going to play havoc with with a lot of rosters around the league. Yeah, I yeah, I I really just don't know what it's going to look like, and I'm I'm ready to be to be surprised, and I'm looking forward to to kind of just uh, being distracted by it all, which uh, would yeah. be nice. Yeah, uh, normally I try and take free agent day off, but uh, from work, but I don't know if that's. Good. Oh wait, I am going to be off on Friday. Oh sweet, oh good, there you go. so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Happy Canada Excellent. Day too. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, Canada Day too. That's yeah. <laughs> Most holidays don't get sequels, but I think this one. This one probably will. Um, and I'm also going to be uh, away from the TV on Friday. So I, I'm out on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to missing the Alexis Lafreniere love fest. That's uh, going to happen. Uh, I'm, the last thing I really need right now is uh, Pierre Maguire comparing him to every hall of Famer he could possibly name in 30 seconds. I really don't need that. Yeah. Uh, so it's the draft. And, and I, and I know I, 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 I'm, catch some flack for this that, that i'm kind of being converted into like a, a pierre like i just I, I just i i understand that pierre mcguire is here and he's never gonna leave and he does a lot of annoying things um and but if you kind of just like separate that away from that and just kind of view him as an entertainment uh you know like as almost like a court jester uh it, it makes viewing him a little bit easier and and dare i say enjoyable and the draft is one of the best. Like if, if that that year that the Islanders passed on J, um, on Zach Parisi, who, oh yeah, who we didn't mention, but who knows what what happens there? Uh, the uh, it, it's his his draft uh, bit is 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 pretty wild. He, he's he doesn't he doesn't miss an opportunity to, to to name check a high school coach in you know where from Plano, Texas, or. Uh, you know Yellowknife, uh, Northwest Territories, wherever it's going to be, he's he'll he'll make sure he. he he he'll make sure that you know he knows who the high school coach or the the junior coach is for whatever team and uh, it's it's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff to watch to watch Pierre work in that environment. Uh, so just just do your best to to kind of separate the the bad from the good with him because you're just stuck with him. Yeah, especially on draft night. That's uh yeah. that's his time to shine. So be prepared for that. But uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe the Islanders make a splash and. Uh, and he has uh, some things to say about them, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that that Parisi thing. Well, let's let's put it this way: if if Zach Parisi does end up being an Islander, we'll definitely we'll try and revisit that. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on that <laughs> that uh, Pierre explosion and uh, get finally getting rectified at, at great personal expense <laughs> to the Islanders <laughs> many years later. But 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 that's a that's a, a show for another time, as Alton Brown would say. Uh, okay, uh, so where can everybody find you on Twitter? The the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. You can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Whoever the Islanders take on that day, whenever they take them, whatever they do, uh, will definitely be covered, and uh, we'll have all the uh, 
the news and uh, places to, to chat about that uh, there. And then certainly again for uh, UFA Friday as well, I guess, which is kind of weird. Uh, enjoy it, uh, whatever you get to watch. And uh, yeah, buckle up because it's going to be pretty crazy. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you <laughs> sometime after all of this uh, gets uh, handled some way, one way or the other uh, by uh, the powers that be. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.